1: Topic. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on uh, on the Red Apple Audio Network, a topic that we have delved into from time to time, uh, which we could talk about every day, honestly, because I think it's so interesting and has so many uh, potential ramifications, both positive and negative, for civilization, I would argue mostly negative. Is the declining birth rate not just in the United States, but all over the Western world? And there are a number of reasons for this. Some are cultural, uh, people staying in, um, holding off on having children until later life. Some are technological, meaning, uh, better use of birth control and things of that nature. And some are, uh, you know, a result of other factors, you know, not coming the decline of things like organized religion, which generally promotes childbirth. But whenever we've talked about this, someone will always call up and say, it's not just all the cultural factors that you've mentioned. It's physical. There is a decline in Men's sperm count, and there is a decline in men's testosterone levels, which is generally, but not always, tied to the sperm count when it comes to the ability of men to reproduce. So maybe at least part of the decline in childbirth is due to the fact that men's sperm count is declining. And then that leads to the question of why. You know, one of my favorite interviews, and I'd love to have her back. I think I've reached out to her a few times over the course of the last couple of years. One of the favorite interviews that I did on this show is with uh, someone who is not a household name, but she was Larry King's producer on radio and on television. And she said that the most important question that Larry King would ask was why. And I really learned from that. Uh, I try to always ask whatever we're talking about, whether I'm talking to a guest, whether I'm talking to you, I try to always ask the question, why? So the question is why? Why are men's sperm counts declining? Why are the testosterone levels of men declining? And there are a number of theories about that. Some people point to the increase in obesity. Wouldn't shock me if that was a factor. Some people point to poor diet. Some people point to environmental toxins. Uh, Some people point to things like uh, pollution and other things. Some people point to microplastics. Some have even looked at the role of radiation from mobile phone use as a potential reason for this. And indeed, there have been some studies that show that people that use their mobile phone more have a lower sperm count. Well, I just came across an absolutely fascinating article on uh, CNN.com saying that it's not just all the other factors that I just mentioned, but part of what is driving the decline in men's sperm are pesticides, common pesticides that are in food are reducing the sperm count worldwide. This is not from uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or the Children's Health Defense Fund or anything like that. This is from a reputable academic research scientific study. Pesticides used in our homes, gardens, lawns, and sprayed on foods that we eat are contributing to a de- dramatic decline in sperm counts among men worldwide. This is according to a new analysis of studies over the last fifty years. Melissa Perry, who's the dean of college, uh, a dean of the College of Public Health at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, she told CNN, "Quote: Over the course of fifty years, sperm concentration has fallen about fifty percent around the world. What is not known." is the culprit. While there are likely many more contributing causes, our study demonstrates a strong association between two common insecticides. And again, I'm never great with the pronunciations of these technical words, but I believe the two common insecticides are organophosphates and N-methyl carbamates. And what she says is it shows the association between these two common insecticides and the decline of sperm concentration. This is one of the most frequently used compounds in the world. Organos, uh, organophosphates are the main components of nerve gas. herbicides, herbicides, pesticides and insecticides. They're also used to create plastics. And solvents. And these, according to Melissa Perry, they are widely used in agriculture on the crops that we eat. We use them in structural applications within homes and buildings, apartment buildings, as well as for ornamental lawn upkeep. They're available for consumer purchase, so organophosphate exposures have been demonstrated to be relatively widespread. Now, the other one that she mentioned, N-methylcarbamates, they're structurally and operational operationally similar to organophosphates, and they kill insects by damaging their brains and nervous systems, and they're used to make insecticides. And they're applied to a variety of field, fruit, and vegetable crops for control of beetles, borers, Weevils, and all sorts of other pests. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I think it's not a stretch to imagine that these substances, which kill bugs by damaging their brains and nervous systems, might be playing a role in declining men's sperm count and doing who knows what else. Dr. Alexander Pastazak is an assistant professor of surgery and urology at the University of Utah School of Medicine. He was not involved in this new study, but he told CNN, as we sort of start to close the net around factors that could negatively impact fertility, these pesticides start to rise to the top. Now, uh, these pesticides, unfortunately, unlike years ago when they banned uh DDT and things of that nature they're everywhere i don't know that we can ever fully decouple our whole way of life from these pesticides it would be nice to try but uh i i think this is bad news so this doctor this uh pr- yeah the professor at the uh, medical school there he said there's enough evidence to really start to say yes these types of compounds can negatively affect fertility in men. Ultimately, you don't know the impact on actual fertility until and unless you start trying to get pregnant. So um, sperm counts may be declining globally, according to uh, this study which was published in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives, they looked at 25 studies around the world on these two chemicals and included 20 studies in the meta-analysis. These studies looked at 42 different levels of impact among 1774 men in 21 different study populations. Men who were more highly exposed to the pesticides, such as those who work in agriculture, they had significantly less sperm concentration than men who had the least exposure to organophosphates and N-methylcarbamates. That was the key finding of the study. I don't know what uh, we should do about this as a society. As I said, I don't think uh, this is enough evidence to ban organophosphates, but I'll tell you what... uh, I think people should consider, and again, you make your own decisions, do your own research, don't take any advice from me on medical issues or consumer issues. I think people should consider buying organic. Now, they've, so, they've, we've seen study after study that shows organic food is no healthier for you. It has no more nutritional value, I should say. But it's true that they don't use these pesticides, and maybe it's willing, it's uh, worth paying a little bit more for some organic food not made with these organophosphates if you look at what this could be doing to your body. Curious how you feel about this. 800 848 9222. 800 848 9222. Animal studies have shed light on how these pesticides might impact sperm. According to the study, they appear to directly interfere with sexual hormones, damage cells in the testes and alter neurotransmitters in the brain that impact sperm production. So um, what Melissa Perry, the dean of this school that did the study, she said, sperm is an incredibly sensitive endpoint when it comes to overall health for men. My best advice is to be aware of insecticides in one's environment and to recognize that avoiding unnecessary insecticide exposure is a good thing, especially if you're planning on a family or wanting to conceive children. 800-848-9222, 848 uh, Let me begin with Dave in Staten Island. Hi, Dave.
2: Howdy. Let's uh, contemplate the possibility that from the ground up to the stratosphere, a nuke war could trigger the chemicals that are in the atmosphere, like hydrogen and oxygen, and turn the Earth into a sun.
1: I will contemplate that possibility. Thank you, Dave. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 Gary is in New Hampshire, the live free or die state. Hi, Gary.
3: Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a long time, Frank. Uh, um, you're getting very deep on me on this subject matter, but it's very interesting. But at 60 years old, I have to admit, at five foot seven and I do weigh 300 pounds, I am obese, and I'm ashamed to say that. Uh, but when you're talking about sperm count, you're talking about less production of, you know, when a man in the act of sex. Uh, is that what you're talking about?
1: Well, that's a good question, right? So as defined by this study... Sperm concentration it's a me, is a measure of sperm per milliliter of semen. So while sperm count is the millions of sperm in the entire ejaculate, sperm count along with the total number of sperm swimming in the semen are the more important measures of future fertility. So I think it has to do with the number of sperm in your semen. That's as I that's as my reading of this study.
3: Okay. Well, what I wanted to uh, say, if if I may, you talked about Larry King, correct?
1: I did, yes.
3: Okay. Well, I just want you to know, uh, and by the way, I have to mention my age again, 60 years old. When I go back 30 years ago, I used to listen to Larry King on the radio all the time. Did you listen to him way back when? I once? did, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about his personal life, because he has passed on, of course. And uh, he had one night where he had a rendezvous with a woman, and he left uh, his... Uh, in the studio uh, whatever was to play automatically for like an hour so he could go have the rendezvous do you know that
1: story I do I've actually played him telling that story on the air he was playing uh, Harry Belafonte's uh, Jamaica Farewell and uh, again I can't tell the story as well as Larry does and uh, but we don't have time to hear his whole version of the story if people haven't heard the story um, you know email me and I'll send you the Larry King version of it but basically he went to go play uh, Harry Belafonte at Carnegie Hall and the record got stuck on Jamaica Farewell and uh, you know uh, he's getting ready to embrace with this woman and uh, he starts hearing in the night, in the night, in the night in the night and he has to rush back to the radio station in the middle of the night and uh, the phone is ringing off the hook with people that demanding to know why the record got stuck and has been playing for 11 minutes the the same note. It's a very funny story. You want me to give you more to the story? Uh, well, I mean, not really, Gary, because I'm kind of talking about something else here. But if uh, if you wanted to email me, I'm happy to talk with you about it further. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Lisa is in Connecticut. Hi, Lisa. Hey. So I've been talking about these pesticides for a very long time.
4: Atrazine is one of the world's widely used pesticides, and it actually turns one in ten one in ten frogs male into females. So it basically emasculates the male situation. And that's a very, very interesting thing. So I've been talking about this. And also, did you know that there, there were instances of gay frogs? <laughs> there was a doctor uh, talking about gay frogs in the past
1: so because of pesticides. Yeah, I, I've heard that. Now, atrazine or atrazine does—is yeah. that one of these types of organophosphates? Is that the same type of pesticide that's being described in this study? Yes, I believe so. Interesting.
4: Um, this was a, a UC, University of California Berkeley study that said that basically the seventy-five percent that are chemically castrated are essentially dead because of their inability to reproduce in the wild.
1: Interesting. Well, that's disconcerting. Thank you. 800 848 22 800 848 22 Lou from Long Island's been holding. Hi, Lou.
0: Uh, Yes, good morning. Um, Getting back to the the, the movie the day after, scared the bejesus out of me, but the moral of the story is drive a Volvo station wagon. Jason (laughs) Robards is driving a Volvo. He saw the flash, he ducked under the dashboard, and the damn thing kept running. <laughs> you can't beat Volvo reliability.
1: Uh, I never owned a Volvo, Lou, but I'll take your word for neither
0: it. Neither have I. But <laughs> I'll take your word I for think it. They should have they used that as an ad.
1: Uh, you know, that's not a bad idea. You know, Nicholas Meyer was talking about the difficulty they had getting sponsors for that. and Maybe that would have been a way for them to recoup some of the money they lost with the lack of advertising is uh, some sort of partnership with Volvo. 800-848-9222. Uh, J.R. is in Brookline. Hi, J.R.
5: Uh, Frank, does this study indicate any decline in population due to these... Uh, pesticides.
1: Well, um, so the in the United States, so I no, I mean, I I don't think that they have directly drawn the conclusion of um, sperm decline over the last fifty years with pep, with uh, population de- decline. The forty-two stu- different studies, they oh, excuse me, the twenty-five different studies they looked at uh, basically just examined. Ca- uh, basically correlation between exposure to okay. these two chemicals and the sperm levels on 1,774 men. So no, it didn't look at the broader population trends.
5: Okay. One, one other thing, don't stop cutting your own pizza. I know it's a callback from yesterday, <laughs> but listen, just set up, set up the first cut, the primary cuts with your pizza roller and then cut the rest with scissors.
1: Uh, that you're for real about the scissors.
5: I'm a hundred percent. Correct. Yes. I am being very serious. I have two kids. We cut our own pizza all the time because it, it's, it's well said it stays hotter longer. Don't give up on it. You'll get there.
1: You know, it's so funny. I got several emails in the last 24 hours, including one from uh, a retired judge that I really respect uh, I'm always honored that he listens to the show, but uh, they basically said the same thing. So I emailed the, the all those emails. I forwarded them to both my friend Vinny and my wife, who were the p- primary people that raised an objection to uh, ordering the pizza uncut. So if you wanted to send me an email as well, Jr., I don't know order if my wife's. Two. Yeah, sorry. So
5: do this: or, order two of them, have them cut one, you cut one. And don't tell them which is which. I love and it. See how uh, much of an expert they are. I
1: love it. Thank you, Jr. eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Neil is on Staten Island. Hi, Neil.
5: Hey, Frank. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, as with things to orga- uh, organic uh, vegetables, uh, they are allowed to use pesticides in organic vegetables. It's just a certain amount that they can use. They can't use a lot, but they are limited. Right. What's the limit? Is, I'm not quite sure. Well, they actually but.
1: just uh, toughened up uh, the regulation of organic products for the first time since 1990. Uh, so they the they actually have uh, pretty strict protocols for how vegetables get to qualify as uh, as organic, and uh, there are very few pesticides that are permitted to be used on those organic crops.
5: Right. though but they are allowed to use. Uh, the quantity. I, I don't know what it is. The second part is Frank. Uh, you've done husbands a uh, world of service everywhere. The uh, thing now, after all this, is to have your wife start mowing the lawn. You shouldn't be doing it. <laughs>
1: I can't imagine why you're divorced, Neil. Uh, It always befuddles me why you're divorced. That's very funny. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of
0: Midnight with Frank Marano. side of midnight with Frank Morano
1: It's a beauty- This is The Other Side of Midnight, and this is The Rascals, formerly The Young Rascals. Um, The co-lead vocalist that you're hearing here, and the keyboard player, is Felix Cavalieri, who is celebrating his 81st birthday today. Happy birthday, Felix Cavalieri. I've always been a fan of the Young Rascals and um, love a lot of their songs, including including this one. All right, uh, I'm going to get back to your calls in a moment. Hey, speaking of uh, having children, yesterday, you know, I watched my son during the day, and if it's even possible to go outside, we go outside and play. And... um, if it's, you know, if we had to put a jacket on and um, gloves, whatever, and uh, we'll go to the playground, we'll go, we'll go other places. And, um, yesterday was one of those days where uh, I think w- we just found it to be way too cold to go outside and go to the playground. It was just t- too chilly for me, uh, too chilly for, uh, for him. It was not outside weather, but we were not about to, um, let him stay inside all day so uh, in the afternoon and he he kept getting upset he kept wanting to watch uh, television and we didn't want him to watch television and then (laughs) and then he would run into my wife's office and want to obstruct her working on her computer he wanted to see he would want to see you know whales on her computer that's what he asked for i guess he showed her she showed him whales once and now he thinks he can always see whales there so um my wife says to me well look this is going to keep happening if he's in here why don't you take him for a drive or something so i said you know what i'll tell you what i'm going to do we went to my friend arthur's daughter ariana's second birthday recently And it was at an establishment that's basically an indoor playground. It's uh, basically a a, a children's play place where they have parties and things like that. And as part of the goodie bag that you got for attending the party, they give you a return ticket to come back. And Carmine had really such a great time there. They have a ball pit. They have a trampoline. They have uh, what what they call a sand. It's it's like a a sand... uh, uh, pit. It's not real sand, but it's faux sand. It's almost like a sandbox, but they don't call it a sandbox. I think they call it a sand pit. And they have all sorts of other fun stuff. They have trucks. It's really a fun place if you're a two-year-old or a three-year-old. Really a great place. I had fun going. There's a, a slide, and you could take the slide into the ball pit. So I said, you know what? We have to use these certificates to for a free return trip by December 5th. Maybe I'll just take them there to this indoor playground. Even though you know it's a ways away from our house, it's about a half-hour drive, and I have to come back so I can start working on the show. And I uh, take him to this place, and we get in there having a great time. They let you have a two-hour visit, which was this is all we need. We only need more than a little more than an hour, right? Because before we started to head back, so that we can have dinner and I could work on the show, and we're having a good time. He's running around the ball pit. And he's playing with other children, have a great old time. <laughs> and I remembered I packed all his stuff before I left, and I grabbed all the stuff: the bottle, his uh, diaper changing pad, and this and that. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, "Oh, you know, it's been a little while since I changed his diaper." I said, "Let me uh, let me give him a sniff." <laughs> hmm. It doesn't smell great. Am I smelling what's in his diaper, or am I smelling the chemicals that they make the balls in the ball pit from? Let me let me give a peek. So I give a peek in his diaper. He has poop. He needs to be changed. No big deal. I've changed I change diapers every day happily. Don't mind it one bit. So I grab the uh, changing pad. Go into the bathroom, it's very family friendly. They have a diaper changing table right in there. I unfold the diaper changing table. Uh, I take uh, your Carmen's already got his shoes off because they don't let you take your sh- they put your shoes on while you're running around the ball pit. All right, buddy, and he just wants to play, and he's not at all happy to have his play disrupted. All right, buddy, be done in just a moment, and yeah. I open up the diaper changing pad, and I see. There are no diapers. Well, this is bad. This is bad. So, we're only there about 15 or 20 minutes at this point. I have a few options. All of them bad, right? So, uh, I could uh, uh, obviously let him stay there and continue in a dirty diaper, which I'm not about to do because I don't want him to get a diaper rash. I could... um, kind of clean the diaper and reuse this last diaper, which is not good, not sanitary at all. Or we can leave after about having only been there 15 minutes, not only burning our free pass, but uh, me having to explain to my wife that I did not make sure to pack a sufficient number of diapers before we came to Will this
2: makes no sense. place.
1: So, I'm trying to remain calm here. In in my experience, whenever you're trying to figure out what to do, the first thing you have to do, even when it's tough, especially when it's tough, is you have to remain calm. So, trying to remain calm, I'm thinking, you know, I've kind of befriended a couple of the moms that were there. I'm contemplating asking one of them, and I go to the front desk. I said, excuse me, I'm sorry. This is very embarrassing. But... Do you happen to have an a diaper that we can have? Did not use the term borrow because I'm sure they didn't <laughs> want it back. And the lady at the front desk says, uh, "Well, I think so. We uh, only have pull up diapers. Great, that's what we use, and it is what we use because you know we're in the process of potty training and so forth." And they give them, they they give me a diaper. I change them. Fits perfectly disaster averted and we we continued to play for about another hour but that hour i i almost felt like and i was thinking about this a little bit listening to nicholas meyer is at any moment things could go wrong almost like we're living on borrowed time in in terms of what if he needs another diaper change? Then we're going to be in a, a bad situation. And they weren't; they didn't seem crazy about giving me the one diaper. I wasn't going to be thrilled to ask for a second. But the rest of the visit was without incident. A lesson learned for all of us, right? Carmine, me, maybe even my wife, Rachel. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We will um, crown this week's listener of the week. In a mere moment, but uh, a few people very patiently waiting. Uh, First, let me say hello to a previous listener of the week, David in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David.
4: Yes, good morning. Um, On this issue of the pesticides that you mentioned, I think we forget that before the invention of these chemicals, so much food went to waste because of insect damage and that famines were fairly regular. These chemicals have revolutionized our society. And I think there's a lot of factors involved. You went down a long list of things that could be involved that lower sperm counts. I think it's unfair, or maybe we're jumping the gun just to blame these chemicals, because until we can find replacements for them, they're the only game in town. And I don't think we want to go back to the day when most of the food that we produced was eaten by insects or rodents. I mean, that would not be good for any of us. And I also think very quickly. That women's fertility is also an issue today because a lot of women are having fertility issues, and that doesn't seem to be as important uh, as a study topic as the sperm for some reason.
1: Well, I wonder I, why that is. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I uh, I can't speak to why the people that did this study chose to only focus on um, on male, male fertility, but uh, I think that's a I think that's a good point. And um, your other point about. A pre-pesticide world, also very valid. I don't think anybody wants to live in a world that's um, overrun by bugs. I guess the question is, you know, you got to know what information is out there and make whatever decisions you can for yourself. And as far as all those other factors... Um, including the mobile phone use, there has been some research that shows those are pretty significant reducers of sperm, and I would guess probably female fertility issues as well. Thanks, David. You know, uh, this recent study, and I talked about it at the time, found that men between the ages of 18 and 22 years old who said they used phones, used their phones more than 20 times a day had a 21% higher risk of uh, a low overall sperm count. The men also had a 30% higher risk for a low sperm concentration. And uh, the study did not specify whether the men called or texted or used their phones to do both. So there you have that. You know, speaking of phones, I did want to mention this. I had this on my list as well. A Connecticut city has rejected 5G, citing evidence of health risks. You know, I know the jury is still out on the health risks for 5G. I think this is, and look, I love getting mobile phone reception. There's nothing that drives me crazy more than when a caller calls into the show and um, can't. I can't understand what they're saying because they're in a bad service area. So uh, that being said, even though I like having calls go through, I have some concerns about all these 5G towers in residential areas because they're doing it in New York, in in densely populated areas. And the people that are approving these 5G contracts don't care because they're getting paid. They're getting paid a bundle of money from the mobile phone providers. The mobile phone providers want good service in those areas and people want good mobile phone service. But the Board of Representatives in Stamford, Connecticut, earlier this month, voted to reject a model agreement that would have allowed AT&T and Verizon to install 5G equipment on city-owned utility poles. In a bid to get 5G swiftly installed in his state, Governor Ned Lamont created a template contract between the nation's top two telecommunication carriers and the state's five major cities. Stamford is the state's second largest city. It's also the only city so far to have voted against using the contract. Twenty-one representatives voted against the pact, and five were in favor, eight abstained. So we don't know what happens next, but uh, some of the people that they talked to, the representatives They were persuaded by presentations by six independent experts on the scientific evidence of harm from radio frequency radiation, including 5G. The experts, including toxicologist and epidemiologist Deborah Davis, said there were many documented health and environmental impacts of wireless radiation, including brain damage, memory loss, decline in reproductive function, speaking of mobile phones, DNA damage, and harm to insects. Well, maybe this is a way to save on pesticides. Just set up more 5G towers. Well, they'll do the job that the pesticides are doing. They'll keep the bugs away, and they'll keep your sperm count low. So uh, so we'll see. Uh, city Representative Don Mays basically said the city has an obligation to proje- to protect their citizens. Um, well, actually, no. Don Mays, I think, may have even voted the other way. But a lot of folks are upset about this. And I think what you're seeing in Stanford now is going to play out in city after city where they are debating – the use of 5G and the prevalence of these 5G towers in residential areas. 800-848-9222. Original Rick is in Original Jersey. Hello.
0: Yes, good morning, Frank. Uh, two things. But First of de- uh the insecticides. Uh, that's why they banned DDT. Is because it was affecting the uh, bald eagle eggs. Remember that?
1: I do. I mentioned DDT earlier.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, about your calls, by the way, your call screener is very good. In fact, maybe a little too good. Mm. I think you scared him into being too careful. The other day I tried to get through about commenting on your spotlight. And he said, well, that's not a subject for discussion. They're discussing something else. I said, yeah, but he just, five minutes ago was the spotlight. He said, yeah, but that's a statement pre-recorded or whatever. You, that's not up for discussion, and I and I said, "Well, okay, but I thought maybe I'd get a clarification from you. Is that a subject that we can?"
1: Well, first chime of all, on, you first know? of all, a couple things, uh, Rick. First of all, I don't know that I would say he's too good because 15 minutes ago, a guy sounded drunk and got through. So clearly, the rigorous screening standards that Christian has implemented they're not uh, they're not screening people that sound like they're drunk. Two, uh, obviously during Ask Frank Anything, you're welcome to call in and ask about whatever you want. But three, the reason I don't take calls on the local spotlight is because that's only being heard on two of our stations. So if you call in to talk about that, people listening on 20-something other stations won't have any idea what you're talking about. So I'll have to re-explain the story in order to have your call make sense. So that was actually a valid a valid screening uh, instance by Christian
0: okay, that's why I call because you know uh, it, it, you, you make the sense of things. sometimes it's like, I don't understand, and then that's why I call, not just to complain, but to get a clarification.
1: There you, know? you go. I'm happy to help, Rick. Uh, thank you, and I, I appreciate your your willingness to to make make mention that you don't understand, because that uh, I, uh, happens with me. I, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. I'm eager to learn. William Shatner used to do a terrific show called I Don't Understand. And it was really wonderful in its simplicity, but it's also, it was also very well produced in its execution. You know, for instance, uh, electricity, you know, he, he would do an episode. I don't understand how electricity works. And then he would basically research. How electricity works. It was almost sort of like uh, Mister Rogers for adults. You know how Mister Rogers would do the visit to the uh, the crayon factory and explain how the crayon they're made. Uh, Shatner would do that for adults. It was really such a good show. And um, unfortunately, it was on RT. <laughs> and, but, and when everyone decided that Russia and uh, Vladimir Putin were villains, none of the none of the cable systems were carrying RT anymore. So it doesn't. Uh, Doesn't continue anymore. 800-848-9222. One open line if you want to jump on board. Now, I must mention this week's Listener of the Week, the person that will join the likes of David from the Bronx, Neil from Staten Island, Ellen Metzger, Jeff Schelling, Joe from Ronkonkoma, Igor from New Jersey, Brandon from New Jersey, Anonymous Lisa in Connecticut, Neil in Baltimore, a man who meets many of the ten criteria for Listener of the Week. This week's Listener of the Week is Frankie in Glendale. Congratulations, Frankie in Glendale. Always reliable, always interesting, always pithy in the 15 seconds of fame, but also great in terms of email correspondence, show ideas. He had a great call uh, last week sharing some very personal stuff that I thought uh, really helped contextualize a uh, subject that we were dealing with. So uh, Frankie and Glendale, congratulations, well-deserved. And if you want to uh, email me your song selections for tomorrow's Bumper Music, we'll try and get to as many as we can and uh, you can email me, even if you're not Frankie from Glendale, at frank.morano. That's frank.m-o-r-a-n-o at dot networks.com. want to encourage everybody listening to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash fan. That's uh, facebook.com slash fan. I was trying to think yesterday, and I know a lot of you, especially those of you that have small children, can empathize with this. But I'm sure even those of you without children can empathize with this to some extent. Almost immediately after I get paid, my entire check is gone. It's gone. I um, pay the mortgage, pay utilities, pay some child care expenses, pay for groceries, pay for gasoline, and pay for tolls, uh, pay for car payment, pay for car insurance, pay for my life insurance. Pay for Carmine's life insurance, uh, pay my mobile phone bill, pay the cable bill, and it's gone. I mean, I, I end up with $78 left after I've paid all my bills within one day. I have money in my account for one day. So I was trying to think of ways that maybe I can make some more money. And what I came up with is I need to become a, a, a viral Facebook video person. So, I'm going to try and get hundreds of thousands of followers on Facebook and then make these videos and hope that uh, those videos not I'm not looking to be a millionaire, but I could use an extra 10 grand a month. That would really hit the spot. So, if you want to support my efforts to be a you know, someone that can have more than 87 dollars in his bank account. You can go ahead and uh, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash And you can look through some of the old videos that we've made or photos and just send stars. And then for 99 cents, I'll be well on my way to financial security. Uh, Facebook.com slash Morano fan. There's also a great Facebook group that you can join to interact with other listeners of this show. Uh, you can just search on Facebook, Morano, M-O-R-A-N-O, Radio Fans and Haters. That's uh, Morano Radio Fans and Haters. Robert is in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Good morning, Frank. Morning. I've got,
2: I've got three other things for you. Uh, one would be Heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be present in food and you're exposed to in other ways. I'm sure if we could agree that that might have an effect.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not looking to agree or disagree. I'm just looking at the data. I'm just looking at the study. So do you have a study that you can point to regarding he- heavy metals?
2: No, that's uh, one of the environmental things gotcha. that uh, okay. would probably come under another one or another study. Um, There's two other things, though. Now, I asked a friend who works at 7-Eleven. He's a simple man from Pakistan, a farmer, about why the vaccine. And he said to me, only a very few people at the top know, and it's to reduce fertility.
1: Right but I don't know that that explains over the last 50 years what's going on. Also the fella I mean not that an anecdotal example makes a whole lot of difference. Uh thanks Robert. Uh, but we had the fella here who has um fathered 178 children and he, and he's vaccinated. So if his sperm is still that potent that he's impregnating everybody then uh, I'm not sure. I I don't buy that. I don't buy that. And I and again it's not agreement or disagreement. This is actually a scientific study, okay, which draws on years worth of data, twenty-five other studies around the world, and is pretty in a, published in a pretty well-respected journal. Now, I know the peer review process it has been pilloried and rightly so, and maybe you could take issue with some of the things, some of the conclusions in the study, but. I feel like it's a little bit of, it's not even Monday morning quarterback. It's just being a critic to say, eh, that study's bogus. I'll tell you what the cause is. It's heavy metals. Uh, Well, do you have any evidence of that? No, no. I'll tell you what else the cause is. It's the vaccine. Well, how do you know? Well, I heard it. You know, it's just, I don't know how to compete with that. You know, I used to produce a radio show was uh, called Curtis and Kubi, uh, and Curtis Lee was still was on the radio these days. And um, these guys would argue a lot on the air, and these arguments would continue off air, but not with each other, with me. Um, they would have their moment on the air. We'd go to commercial, go to traffic. One of them would come over to me and vent about how that argument went. And I remember one instance where... Curtis ended their discussion about whatever topic I don't remember what it was, but he ended the discussion by saying, "Want to bet?" Like, segment ends. Ron comes out to me and says, "Frank." I have uh, represented some of the highest-profile criminals in the country and in the world. I went to one of the best law schools in America. I have been a trained anthropologist. I've traveled all over the world. I've done all sorts of independent study. I've uh, really worked hard to educate myself and to continue to learn. There is no amount of study, of show prep, of education or preparation that I can retort the words want to bet. There's nothing you could say to want to bet. And Robert, I will tell you that uh, there's nothing that Kuby could say to your supposition that this is just something you heard. And if Kuby can't do it, I can't either. 800 848 9222, straight ahead. The
0: other side of midnight.
1: This is Rihanna, Lift Me Up. This is quite good. Uh, This is from one of the Black Panther movies. Uh, This is a Zen Sam's birthday bumper music selection. Hey, speaking of money, finally a little bit of good news. Uh, Gas prices are down. Gas prices have dropped or stayed the same for 60 straight days. Now I know they're a lot higher than they were back in um you know 2022 or 2021 even, but this is it's nice to get a little bit of a break. Gas prices on average have declined for the 10th consecutive week. And this is the longest downward trend in gas prices since the summer of 2022. But there's uh, an upcoming OPEC meeting on oil production that they are concerned could reverse this trend. Uh, I have been one of the people that has been concerned that with the tumult that's going on in the Middle East and the tensions that are still ongoing with Russia, which is a big gas importer, and Eastern Europe, that uh, this would lead to a an increase in global gas prices. But... So far, anyway, it's been 10 straight weeks of um, gas prices declining, which I think is a positive thing, 100%. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. I don't want to rush through another uh, call, so those of you that are on hold, I'll take your calls after the uh, top of the hours. Oh, by the way, we just uh, set a record in this country for oil production. And this is now the most oil the United States has ever produced at any time in our history. Some people are happy about that, others are not so happy about that. But certainly is interesting when you look at uh, what's going on in terms of regulations, in terms of the environment. But sure enough, we just set another oil production record. Until next hour, keep asking questions.